0: Well, hey there, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Business and Life Conversations Podcast. I'm your host, Ange, from Angela Anderson Consulting, where I'm an international award-winning business consultant and coach who's helped thousands of amazing women business owners get all the pieces in place to have consistent five-figure months, and then on to six and seven-figure years without burning out in the process. When I first started in business, I used to think that passive income was hard to make. I was reading the books, I was watching the webinars, I was trying so hard to figure out how the hell could I make money while I sleep. What I realized though, is that a passive income isn't nearly as hard as I originally believed it to be. And B, there are different types of passive income models that I can include in my business model. You see, we're lucky that as small business owners and entrepreneurs, we get to decide what we do, how we want to earn and how much we want to earn. And what I love the most is that we can earn more than any way that we used to be able to back in the olden days and without compromising on our sleep, our family vacations and on our sanity. Passive income is one way to help your business grow, and I'm super excited to have my friend Melissa Lance on the podcast today. Why? Because she built an eight-figure business with passive income, and she's going to share with us today, what is passive income? What's the difference between passive income and reoccurring revenue? What types of passive income are there? What are the benefits of having passive income in the business? What are the top things people need to do now to prepare themselves for passive income? She's also going to give us some examples of passive income, what systems we need for passive income, and what is the fastest way to success with a reoccurring revenue model. As always, it's going to be a brilliant episode. But before we hop into today's amazing episode, I'd like to remind you that this episode is sponsored by my Action Takers Mastermind for Women in Business. Applications are now open for 20 amazing women in business to join me for my 12-month online and in-person experience designed to get your business to the next level, whatever that looks like for you. The Action Takers Mastermind helps business owners like you to get clarity on where to put your focus, genuine information on what's possible, what works, and what's a waste of time, helpful feedback on your ideas, your sales strategy, et cetera, perspective on your skills and talents that we need to work on or outsource, introductions to new clients, and legs up to new opportunities and so much more. During the 12 months you'll get strategy sessions with me, emergency calls with me, hot seat calls, implementation and co-working sessions, 12-month access to our private Facebook community, access to the other mentors that I bring on. I've got 11 other mentors that you can access. Uh, Two live events at the Gold Coast quote-unquote if COVID allows it, if not we will have those virtual Sounding like my 12-month Action Takers Mastermind might be what you need to get your business to the next level, then head to AngelaHenderson.com.au and click on Mastermind on the menu bar to apply for one of the 20 spots. Now, let's get into this amazing episode with Melissa. Welcome to the show, Melissa. Hey. Hey, hey. hey how are you? So excited. I mean, we get the opportunity to chat regularly lately, and that's because, you know, I feel like we've known each other forever. But the reality of it is, is we've only met each other over the last few months in a mutual mastermind we're in. And, you know, there's something powerful about masterminds. And I know we're going to get into passive income and all that today. But I'd be curious to know, like for you, for example, how much has investing in your business and things like masterminds helped to put you on the trajectory to where you're at today?
1: Oh, I mean... I wouldn't be, there's no way that I could have reached, um, the level of my business if I hadn't invested in myself. I've probably over the last 10 years invested, um, around 250, 300,000 in Mm -hmm. coaching masterminds, um, coursework. And, um, I think that it's the first time that I invested in it, the first time I ever got a coach. My, within three months, my revenue had increased 3x. -hmm. So it was kind of then when I realized that, you know, trying to hustle and do it yourself and, doesn't give you all of the tools, right? You're like dealing with a toolbox and you've got like a hammer and a couple of nails. But when you start to get a coach, then you get new tools. And then when you go into a mastermind and you're leveraging other people's experience and knowledge and stories about business and their expertise, now you have a full toolbox. So I Mm -hmm. think it's a mix between your own knowledge and talents getting a mentor or a coach, and then having a peer group of, and that's, you know, maybe led by something in a mastermind. And I think that that is a complete toolbox for business as far as being able to scale.
0: Now yeah, I love that you mentioned that it's a toolbox, Melissa, because my, I've just opened uh, applications for my next round of my own mastermind, Action Takers Mastermind. And I'm getting quite a few amazing applications in, but some of the common questions that i'm finding is is pretty much like well if i join the mastermind it's a guarantee that i will 3x 10x my business but here's the thing you use the words toolkit it is still up to us as the business owner to take action or don't take action we are still yeah, responsible 100%. for the success of our business but i think there's this you know i mean story and i don't know who out on the internet is saying about it but you know just because you hire a coach or get in a mastermind does not mean that you're going to be successful it's still on you what are your thoughts about no. that
1: yeah no i mean that's that's exactly on point with why i always use like you know building my toolkit because if mm-hmm. i don't use the tools right if i don't use the advice of my coach if i don't um if if mm-hmm. i don't integrate some of the learnings from other people in my mastermind then i'm getting tools and i'm not using them right so you can't You can't build a foundation by looking at the tools in your toolbox, right? It's like that's just not fair. You can't look at them and be like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, put the floorboards in today. It's like, no, you have to build a foundation by having the right tools and using them consistently with efficiency. Yeah, I, I think that a lot of people think that going into, um, you know, a mastermind or working with a coach is kind of like absolving them of, of doing the work. (laughs) And I've never seen it that way. It's like, no, it's there to, to help you do the work so that you can get it done. You know, for me, it's an accelerator Mm -hmm. for me. I, you know, I know, you know, we both know a lot of really smart women that, you know, left to their own devices, given enough time Can get something done. Mm -hmm. But for me, working with a coach or being in a mastermind is an accelerator for me because I can go faster with more resources and more knowledge and more access to information. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is the thing. Like, why do I want to spend three years doing it when my revenue depends on it, right? Mm -hmm. I want to learn how to do it in a shorter amount of time so I can increase my revenue and then move on to the next thing that will increase my revenue and then the next thing that will increase my revenue. So, yeah you still you still have to put the work in but um i believe like when i don't know how to do something i go out there and i look for either a mastermind group a peer group or a coaching group that will teach me how to do it and i'm in i'm in two masterminds right now mm-hmm. um so i i have one that's about you know planning and forecasting and doing that and then the other one is all about funnel building because the coaches in those masterminds though that's what they do right and those are things that i want to increase my knowledge and my capabilities and my expertise in those. So I just, I, I couldn't get to where I am in business without, that you know type type of thing because school and,
0: school by itself doesn't get you there <laughs> dude, no and googling and youtubing definitely doesn't and the other thing is is it's just that you use the word accelerate and I definitely think that is a key part of doing it is not only will you move quicker but you're gaining time back to be with your family to create memories um you're being more efficient right your team can come on board you're not wasting money so I mean it's just a cattle of things now I know we're not here to talk about masterminds but again it's the power of a mastermind, right? Is that I too have spent, I spend anywhere between 40 and 60K a year on masterminds, coaching, and learning because I want to just, I'm all about just tell me how to do it right the first time so I can just go. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to try and then do a band aid effect because I actually end up spending more money doing a band aid effect than if I just paid it up the first time. Right. And that might mean that you do have to put something on credit card. Right. I'm not going and encouraging people to go into debt, but sometimes you've got to potentially lay out a little bit of money in order to reap the, you know, the rewards to be able to 10X, 3X your business. So, you know, it's all about the mindset and choices that we get to make. Now, before we jump into today's episode, where we are talking about, you know, passive income and what that looks like. Whenever I bring a guest on the show, I always like uh, to ask a fun question so the audience gets to know you a little bit more. And I know you and your family have a love of travel, and obviously COVID has kind of stunted that for all of us this year. But I know you love traveling, so I'd love for you to share with us your all-time favorite traveled spot and why. Oh, that's easy for me. Botswana Oh, why? Is in
1: Africa is hands down my favorite place. Um Uh, I've been to Africa a few times. Um, and, uh, when I went to Botswana, I, when I, when my feet, I got off, you know, you take these little planes everywhere in Africa Uh once you like, you know, and when, uh, my, my flip-flops hit the, hit the ground, I took my, uh, shoes off and, there was this feeling that I got, I don't, I don't know. It was, it was like coming home. It was so amazing. And then every single person that I met in Botswana was just this, this human being that was just rich in, in um, generosity and, and spirit and, and information and knowledge about the land. Um, It's really a place that uh, people are very in touch with, um, the, the, the earth itself. Um, and I just, I, I loved it. I, any chance I have to go back to Africa as a whole, but to Botswana specifically, um, I just, I fell in love. I've never felt so at home and, and comforted as I did when I was in that country.
0: And how long were you there for?
1: Um, that trip, I was in Africa for three weeks and in Botswana for uh, a week and a half
0: online. And so again, there's something about traveling that fills the soul. Uh, and again, the smells, the people, the stories, there's, there's so much richness when you travel. In my opinion, it's one of the things too, is just as much as I spend on masterminds, I probably spend on travel. And it's one of the things that I always say that if I passed away tomorrow, it's actually written in my will that for the people, um, our family that would take Finley and Chloe uh, always says like, you are to travel every year. It's like it's like I mean again I I won't be here to see if it happens or not but I'm like it's a non-negotiable for me is you know uh, it just yeah no we wrote it into our we wrote it into
1: our trust Mm -hmm. so um we I have two boys and they're teenagers and we actually wrote it into our to our family trust that it says they get particular money to do things, right? They don't just get a payout. And one of the things that they get, um, on an annual basis is a travel stipend, but they have to use it for travel. So, um, and my boys, like I, I took them all around the world and took them out of school for four years when they were in elementary. Mm -hmm. And, um, so my boys have been to five continents and they have traveled all over the world, um, with me. Uh, so I, I, I believe it, I believe in it. And um, it's made them global citizens. And I just, I couldn't be happier about that.
0: You know, 100%. I think there's an element of, for me, seeing in the kids, there's an element of kindness that comes with them, right? And I think they also think about, ooh, like we were in Fiji once and there was a man sitting under this beautiful palm tree. And he was there early in the morning and he was there. He remained there all day. And they said, mom, he's still smiling why is he still smiling? And I said, buddy, I said, what's there not to smile about? Look where we're at. He's like, but he hasn't done anything. I said, no, I said, your perception is he hasn't done anything today, but maybe he's happy just being. And for the, So my little one, he's got ADHD like me, and he's like, oh, I'll have to let my brain think about that one for a minute, mom. Um, but you know, it's just about being able to have those conversations with the kids, right, is I just think it gives opportunity for them to reflect on their own space and what that looks like. And another time we were in, um, was it Vietnam? Yeah, Vietnam. And we were in, playing with some of the local kids and they only had one ball and there was like, I don't know, there would have been about 50, 60 kids and he's like, mom, they're happy just with one ball and they're sharing. I'm like, yeah. I said, what do you think that means? He's like, I've got a lot of balls and I don't like to share. And I was like, he's like, (laughs) maybe I should share a little bit more. And I said, maybe, maybe that's what we need to work on. So yeah, now the beauty of travel. Now that we got Botswana is your favorite place. You've got two beautiful boys uh, and we love masterminds. Can you share with the audience a little bit about your business journey so far? Where did it start and where are you today?
1: Yeah. So, um, I was in uh, corporate and I was a, um, an interactive director, like for international, I would go in and I would launch software for marketing departments all over the world. Mm -hmm. And it was extremely grueling and 60, 70 hour weeks nonstop, um, because my teams lived all over the world. So I would be up and, and, uh, working a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, and I burnt out, and I decided to, to leave my very, uh, uh, profitable job and I didn't have a safety net. Um, but I knew that, um, I wanted to live more creatively and, and, quite frankly, my husband had had a talk with me and said, I really don't like you anymore. Like, so something has to give. So it was kind of either like my job or my husband and I adore mm-hmm. my husband. So I quit my job Yep. and then I, um, I spent six months trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And I really wanted to merge my, my knowledge, um, from my business experience, which was with, with online and and building software and digital products and, um, my passion, which was, um, cooking. I'm a trained chef. I, um, I trained when I was in my early twenties. Um, to be a chef and my family. So I wanted to kind of put these things together. And I think anybody that's starting a business or wanting to grow a business, I think you start from where you know first, because mm-hmm. it's what you're able to offer and share and teach the best. And so I created a product called the Fresh 20, which is a meal planning service that is for unprocessed food, where you shop um, with only t- 20 ingredients, and then you you prep And then you you cook weeknight dinners all using these 20 ingredients. So it was really this idea of merging together, right? This Mm -hmm. consolidating what I knew to be true in business, what I wanted out of my life, which was to do something more meaningful for my family and um, my talent, which was um, cooking and recipe development and always finding something to eat even in an empty refrigerator. So (laughs) I did all of those things and, um, I started with a list of, um, I, I, you know, I, I did the, the, the product development and concept and I was a one man show. I started at my kitchen table with $2,500. That was the most that my husband was like, uh, I don't, he didn't really get it at first. Yeah. So he was like, okay, th- I'm, we I'm willing to lose $2,500 was basically the conversation that we had. and, and, uh, and so I started with $2,500 and I did kind of everything in the business. And I started with a list of 400 emails and that was every single person in my family, all of my, um, the schoolmates, parents from mm-hmm. school, from, you know, first, first grade and, um, and any person that I had met at a networking event, like in the previous year. Yep. So it was a list of 400 people. Um, I launched the site April 23rd, 2010. I. Sent out an email to the 400 people, and I was like, "I'm open for business, and here's what I'm doing." And I got 23 signups from that first single email.
0: So good. And
1: and um and from there, it was a lot of, um you know, coddling customers, making them feel good, referrals like going out to conferences and speaking and finding partners to share content with and everything. So from there, um, we grew, we, um, we've had over 150,000 households by our subscriptions and over the last 10 years. And, um, it's, it's grown into a business. Um, we've, we've, um, our revenue had passed eight figures, um, at the beginning of this year. Um, not, not a year, but, past the eight figure mark where over the last 10 years we've generated over eight figures. Mm -hmm. Um, We did, we, you know, we do pass the seven figure mark in a year, but yeah, it was, it was kind of like, I just held my breath and sat down and did the work and learned how to do what I didn't know how to do used what I did know how to do. And people ask me the number one thing um, that I think attributed to the success of the company. And I I truly believe it's because I didn't even consider failing. Like I didn't even, like it wasn't even, like I didn't think to myself, oh, maybe this won't work out. I just thought if I just keep putting one foot in front of the other consistently, then I will outlast people. I will keep going and eventually it will grow because I'll keep using, I'll keep making mistakes and then using the information from those mistakes to make it better. And that's just what I kept doing. Just just put stuff out there, learn, improve it, learn, improve. So it was just, it, that was the process.
0: And I think, again, I know consistency is a word that gets thrown around often, right? Consistency, being persistent, whatever word you want to choose. But the reality of it is, is if you keep showing up, you're gonna continue to be there and when times when other people aren't showing up, right? And you are going to little by little you know, bypass other people, and they're going to get, you know, mean worn and torn. And it doesn't mean that we too don't have those days or those moments. But the thing is, it's like you said, I too have never looked at either of my businesses as, as failure as an option. It was like, we will find it out. Like, Again, I love that I'm with you. Is what I don't look at the mistakes or failures. It's like, what were the lessons I needed to get me to that next level? I would then assess, you know, and it all comes down to also testing. And I think patience is also key. So many people that I hop on with discovery calls and, and into some my Facebook group are always like, you know, they want the quick fixes, Melissa, you know, like, you know, they're like,
1: like, I've been doing it for six months. Why isn't it working? I don't know. And I'm like, <laughs>
0: okay. And I'm like, but you know, in six months, you've been able to launch this, you've got your branding, you've got your messaging, and you actually have paying clients. That's more than what a lot of people have in a year and 18 months, right? And so I just also just have to remind people that it's patience, right? It's, it's patience. You, you can't jump the steps and, the, you know, there's certain things and each of us have different pathways based on our own business and our personalities and our family. And it's okay to go slow, you know, uh, and it's also okay to speed up when you need to.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I think in, in, Consistency is an overstated um, word, but it's underutilized mm-hmm. because I I know that it's a it's a huge problem for for entrepreneurs um, mm-hmm. to just stay consistent, keep doing what they were. Because what tends to happen is they get frustrated and then they switch courses because mm-hmm. they're like, okay, this isn't working. I'm going down this path and I don't like what I'm seeing, so mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna switch to something else, mm-hmm. and and that's just like starting all over again. So I think sometimes perseverance is important to pair with consistency.
0: 100%. Now, passive income. Obviously, my friend, you got where you have because passive income has played a big role of this for you eventually, right? I'm all about it. I'm all about it. We're all about the (laughs) passive income. Now I'm all and again, passive income, I think, is a word on the internet, anyways, that I'm like it's getting thrown around. It gets thrown around in Facebook groups, it gets thrown around on podcasts, it gets like, and that's okay because it's it's a beautiful thing, let's be honest. But just for the purpose of this particular episode and how we're addressing passive income, can you just help me to in the audience to Find what is passive income to you?
1: Yes, so there's two kind of incomes that I love. It's passive and recurring, right? Mm-hmm. Passive income is you do work on the upfront, right? So mm-hmm. you you do something, um, whether maybe let's just take course creation for digital mm-hmm. entrepreneurs. You create a course upfront, and that course reaps dividends after the work is done, right? Mm-hmm. So it's this idea of it's passive income because you're not trading your time for money, right? Mm -hmm. You're spending time in the beginning and you're creating something and then you're putting it up for sale and it can be making money 24 Mm seven, right? Which is very different than having a group coaching program where you have to be coaching and answering questions and being active in a Facebook. That's not passive income, right? Mm -hmm. Because you are actively participating in the delivery of the business, but mm-hmm. passive income is, you know, let's say you passive income could be a blog, right? You're writing your blog, and maybe you're writing it anyway, but so that that is your active thing, and you might be doing sponsorships and things like that. But advertising on your blog is passive mm-hmm. because you don't have to do anything extra. You're putting something on there, and then so that's like another type of passive income. Mm-hmm. Um, There's um and then recurring revenue is a little different. Um recurring revenue is like you're creating a revenue stream that is predictable, which Mm -hmm. means that you're 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 accepting money and, and charging money like at a consistent um at a consistent interval of like a week or a month or a quarter or a year. Right. Mm -hmm. So in that, in that scenario, my core business, the fresh 20 is a recurring revenue model, Mm -hmm. but because now it wasn't passive in the beginning for me, but now that I have a team, It's passive income in the respect that I don't have to generate the content, right? Mm -hmm. So now it's a passive recurring income stream for me. Mm -hmm. So it means that I'm not working on the actual product. I have a team that does that. And it's recurring because once I know, once I have a little bit of data about my company, I can predict what my income is going to be in three months. I can predict what my income is going to be in a year because it's recurring and people Mm -hmm. are paying it. And once I know there's a few data points, which we can talk about, then I know what it is. Um, The risk of passive income is that you do put all your your time upfront, right? Mm -hmm. That you build something and then nobody buys it or, and you've spent like, you know, your time and your resources in doing it. But the nice part about it is that typically um, on a lot of different passive income fronts, the there's a low barrier to entry um, for people for people doing it right because mm-hmm. you're you're creating things that are a little bit smaller. Typically, passive income are for products that you know are between five dollars and five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Right, those can be very passive. People don't expect anybody live to show up necessarily. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of um, in a nutshell. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but again, one of the things that I do want to talk about is, like, I know some of the women in my uh, Profit Pillars Accelerated 12-Month Program, what they often talk about is, well, and I want to start a membership. And I'm like, brilliant. Let's let's hash this out, right? And they'll mm-hmm. be like, well, such and such entrepreneur, I won't name names, said that I can start a membership and that I can make 10 a month. And I was like, you can eventually probably make 10 <laughs> a month. I believe in you. Your product's great. It's sound. Um, And though lists aren't everything, I look at what is your overall, how many people do you have in your overall audience? Because we still need to get you visible. We still need to market you and we we still need to be able to sell this on a regular basis. And they're like, oh, I've got 100 people on Instagram. Okay. Uh, I've got 50 people on my newsletter. Okay. And as we know, you don't need a huge list but you do need people to sell this to. And so what I talk about sometimes when people are wanting just to jump right into the passive income, right, is I lo- As I go, is the risk there is that, again, if you aren't constantly at the same time as launching, didn't mean getting this out there, continuing to build your list and your audience, is eventually those other people that you are selling to are going to get sick of hearing about it. What are your thoughts about that?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think you have to be really strategic about how you're, you're launching something, right? Mm -hmm. So let's think about it in terms of, um, having something like a tiny offer to Mm -hmm. make passive income. Mm -hmm. So, um, I actually know this was happening to, to, um, one of my peers, she made a tiny offer. She made six figures on her tiny offer. It was like a $37 fitness product and um, it was a great product, but she didn't, it just kind of wildfire blew up Mm -hmm. without a lot of, she didn't really build a list. She didn't really build, like she didn't have any of the foundation, right? Mm -hmm. So she didn't have all the tools in her toolkit that she needed to make it sustainable. Uh So she had to go back at that point and, because she didn't have a system for marketing. Mm -hmm. So instead of marketing and taking on that, she decided, well, I'm just going to have to keep making products for the the people that bought the first one. Right. Right. Because Mm -hmm. then she was like, and now she's frustrated because she's like, I'm on my fifth product in six months because they just want new material. They Mm -hmm. just want new stuff. And yeah. so you have to be really careful about making sure that you have a strategy across the board mm-hmm. for for how you're going to grow. Because while you can get somebody to buy something once, right, and there's no end to a market that you can sell that to, Um if if you're if you don't have like a customer ascension model or you don't have a path for your customer to follow and you're like a one product wonder, you're gonna get into it you're gonna it's gonna lead you to a road where you're gonna have some work in front of you mm-hmm. so I think it's in, i think it's important um to definitely figure out I always suggest that people start with content marketing on the upfront mm-hmm. and that they start their content money they start talking about their their industry. They start talking about all of the different lifestyles that are attached to what they're going to sell. They start doing their social media and talking about it and building up an audience um, that they they're creating an environment for before they even start launching, you know, to that audience and really having an idea about okay, when somebody's done with this, where wh- what's the next step for them? Where do mm-hmm. they go? So that you're not reacting. Mm-hmm. I think that that's the thing. It's like. If you're constantly reacting and putting out fires, and you'll get
0: exhausted, mm-hmm. right? Totally, and whenever. And it's not uncommon, right? Because again, it's like, it's and there's also common. this adrenaline that I think comes with creating something new, right? It's, right. Again, so many entrepreneurs, let's be honest, get distracted. Do you mean shiny object again, a lot of us do have ADHD running through our bloods, right? So it's quite easy for us to go, whoa, great, I going to create a new product, and then we get halfway in and we're like, Oh, sh- what am I doing? Right? Like, why yeah. am I doing this again? Right? <laughs> and so, again, I'm with you, it's, it's all about making sure that you've got the strategy and the clarity around why you know what's the next thing that they can do because not everyone will want to be in your membership forever, right? They're, they'll be looking right. for the next thing, right? And it doesn't always have to be 50 things because I also think people. Overdevelop and overcompensate, leaving audiences more confused than they were when they first started.
1: Yeah, I think that's really true, and I think it's it's I think it's interesting. Like I'm always trying to delineate between a subscription model and a membership model because I think people get the two things like very mixed up. Mm-hmm. A subscription model is something where uh, someone is paying you, let's say, a monthly fee, so they're either getting you know, digital access, let's say like the New York times, or they're getting, um, access to the Peloton app, or they're Mm -hmm. getting, um, like for the Fresh 20, they're getting access to the unprocessed meal plans. That's a subscription model, right? Mm -hmm. So that model is, is about the content a yep. subscription model is about the digital assets or the, the offline assets. Like even Amazon prime is a subscription model mm-hmm. or, you know, AAA. I I don't know what you guys call it over there, but we have like a, an automobile club that's mm-hmm. a su- subscription model. Mm-hmm. Um, meal kits are a subscription model. That's a subscription model. Membership, right. Is something where someone is, is accessing, um, people re or resources or something beyond just the pure digital information right mm-hmm. so a membership would be um, something like that's leader led mm-hmm. like that that has somebody that's that's leading the discussions or the information a membership would be something AAA goes into both because you can be, AAA, you're a membership, they do have some subscription aspects to it. But also when you're a member, you get discounts to things, you get, um, you know, you get different benefits um, for being a member, you have different resources for being a member. Um, and, And I just think that it's, it's really important to know the difference because both handle content and product development a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And I believe that in the membership model right now, people are looking for less in like less um kind of not canned is the not canned information, but they're listening for less static information and they're looking for memberships that include more um live conversations and more guidance and more um uh access to real-time Uh, information and Q&A, right? I think I see that as being something that's really shifting right now. So sometimes people come to me and they want to create something and they're like, I want to create a subscription. And I'm like, but you only have, your subscription can only last six months because you don't have anything to offer after that. Like it's right. not a subscription co- product and it's not a membership because you don't want to give them access to you or resources or anything. So what you really have is a course, right? right. It's like a mm-hmm. one-time purchase. And I think people try to stuff, you know, stuff things into the wrong categories because mm-hmm. they hear everybody else doing it and think that that's the right thing to do.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing is that so often people are wanting to do what everyone's telling them to do. And I think regardless, I know with my clients and I'm like, what is it that you want to do? What is it that actually lights you up when you're going to deliver this? What brings you joy? What's going to keep you showing up? What's going to keep your clients happy? And a lot of times they're like, Oh, scratch that idea. Right. Because they've been told that they should do one. They should do a subscription or they should do a membership or they should do a course because that's what's going to make them do you know I me mean, millions. But they're they're forgetting about the key factor about what lights them up. Because yes. if you just, in my opinion, if you're just chasing the dollar, it's gonna get you so far. No no questions about it. But eventually you're gonna get tired. And that's gonna come up through your frequency and your vibrations and everything else that you start to do, put out to the world. So again, regardless of it, what you want to do and what you wanna create, make sure you're doing it with joy. Because if not, you're gonna end up in bigger problems.
1: Hundred percent. And I think you know, I think you're you're right. Like people pick the business model first Mm
0: -hmm. and then
1: try and try and figure it out. Right. And I think that you should pick your, what you want to do, what you want to share, what you want to teach, what you want to offer—I think you should pick that first. What does mm-hmm. light you up, and what 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 you would do for free anyway, right? Mm-hmm. And then I think you should pick a business model—the best business model that suits that thing, mm-hmm. right? And I see people doing it backwards all the time, and it takes them twice as long, and they spend twice as much money because they started with the business model first. And mm-hmm. I think that that's a mistake.
0: Yep. And I see it over and over again, right? Or it's like, they'll come to me, well, I've been doing this for this, doing it for this long. And I'm like, okay, are you happy? No. And then they're like, oh, you mean I need to go back and create more content? I was like, you don't have to do anything. But what you're saying is you actually hate your life right now. So <laughs> yeah, either like, yeah. what do you wanted to keep hating yourself and hating your life or create something that brings you joy. And they're like, okay, all right, let's roll. You know, so it can be a bit of a hard truth sometimes when I have those conversations. And I never want to dull anyone's candle. But I'm like, they're already, their candle's already dull. they're hate in life, right? I've just I've just named it for them. If
1: you if you remember where I started when you were asking me about my story, my business story, I didn't start thinking I'm gonna build a subscription. I started by saying, Okay, what do I know how to do? What do I like to do? What do I want to do? Mm -hmm. And I took all of those things and said, Okay, I wanna teach families how I wanted to solve a problem for myself. I wanted my, I had a two and a three year old at the time and I wanted to, um, I guess they were three and four and I wanted them to eat better and see me eating better. I was eating frozen burritos like at 11 o'clock at night. Right. Mm -hmm. And over the sink. And so I wanted to help families, live a healthier life and get health through their kitchen and eat unprocessed food and stopped going through drive-through. So that's what I wanted to do. And then I wanted to do it through teaching them how to cook with a limited amount of ingredients so they could keep on their budgets. I didn't know when I was thinking about what I wanted to do, which business model it was going to be. Like I didn't say, Ooh, it's going to, after I realized what it was that I wanted to do, I looked at the different business models and I was like, okay, it's not an online course because they have to cook every day, 365 yeah. days a year and we have to eat. Right. So it's not an online course. It's not necessarily a membership because I'm not giving them like additional resources and access. There's no like human component to it really. Yeah. So it really was a subscription, right. Mm-hmm. Totally. It was a digital information product. So that came about from doing the the homework on, on, you know, like you're saying what I wanted to do and how I envisioned it. It also was how I wanted to live. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to, one of the things in my corporate job is I had to ask permission to go on vacation, even Mm -hmm. if it was just like for a long weekend. And I thought that was so crazy. You know, I was making all this money and I couldn't spend it. So when I was doing my business, I was like, okay, I knew that I didn't want to have a, a physical product because I didn't want to be tied down to a warehouse or you know an office that I had to be in working with manufacturing or anything like that and I knew I wanted it to be digital. So you have to think about all like how you envision your business being part of your life and it was very important to me that I could work from anywhere in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, like with a laptop or an iPad and I could still run my business. It was very important to me and People have come to me over the years and asked me to do meal kits and to do, um, you know, grocery store meals and things like that. And I have not wanted to do it because it would change the lifestyle that I have wanted for myself and that I've built for myself. So you got to know who you are.
0: Totally. And that want. again, and it's okay to stay true to that, right? Like, you get not run from a place of scarcity because you can be like, oh my God, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I should people be, be asking for it. But it's like you stay true to you. You came from a place of abundance and you're continuing to grow, you know? So, now speaking of growing in these toolkits that we're talking about, I'm curious to know is what would you recommend to the listeners in relation to what systems do they need in their business to start managing that passive income?
1: So, I think the number one thing they, they, The first thing that I did was I had a system for product development. So whatever that is, if it's information products or um, even if it's um, coaching to really get organized about the process Mm -hmm. by which you deliver the information, because if you're not organized about that, um, it, it starts to cause like, you know, roadblocks and and clogs in the system, and uh-huh. then you're delivering stuff late, or it's not great, or it's, you know, there's all of these things. So that's the first thing is, how are you actually going to, to deliver the information or the product that you're going to do and create a process around that? So from very early on, like even when it was just me, I had a process by which I would create the meal plans and the information, everything was stored in in a particular place. Everything was named a particular way, so that um, I kind of laid down a you know a yellow brick road for myself, so that I could then you know hand that to somebody else, and they would understand how to create it and how to produce it without me having to micromanage. So that was the first thing for me. So I think a process mm-hmm. by which you create and deliver your product is very important. Then after that, the next thing that I did was, um, and and the system by which you're going to do that, right? I think minimal viable systems are very important when you're starting out. I know that there's a lot of people ask me about, well, what tools should I get? It doesn't matter what tool you get. You can, you know, you can have, I've had hours, hours long conversation about, a piece of software and everybody will have a different opinion, right? Mm-hmm. On software, right? You totally. can ask a hundred entrepreneurs and all of them are going to have a different opinion on this software or that software. It doesn't matter. You can, you can use any software that you need, right? I always tell people like, if you're going straight information product and it's not complicated and they don't have to log in anywhere, you can use PayPal and an email.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Amen, sister. you can
1: keep it don't. easy don't overcomplicate it in the beginning because you don't know what you don't know. And you don't want to buy into and build this intricate system. that then six months later, you find out that, you know, your, your members or your subscribers or your online course takers aren't even using it. Right. Mm -hmm. So stay really, really lean when you're choosing the systems that you're needing, you're going to need an email system. You're going to need a payment system and um, a delivery system, whether that's like a WordPress site or, you know, something that where you house your courses, like a Teachable or Kajabi or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So those are kind of the systems after you get that kind of in, in check, then you've got customer service is your next, is your next thing. Mm -hmm. Right. I think those, the system of the process of product development the, your system of you know delivery and fulfillment and your customer service are the three things that you need to get started and having a system of customer service I know I recommend getting it very early on where you get a very simple tool that tracks tickets so mm-hmm. that you can you can kind of be growing a database of FAQs and I know in the beginning of my business like the first year I used my own just I used an email and it was such a bad, such a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I'd lose emails. I wouldn't get them. Like they would like stack up. I had no way to track them. It was, it was, it was kind of a mess. So that was the first thing that I was like, you know what, I, I'm delivering a service, and I want to make sure that people feel taken care of, and that I don't miss anything. Mm-hmm. So, a system of, of customer service was really important to me, and it didn't. I, you know, I if I had to start all over again, I would do it from the very first um, from the first day I opened.
0: I mean, I love customer service because I think again it, well, I don't think the data shows us it's much easier, right? And more cost effective to nurture those people who already bought from us and to acquire a new lead, right? Yes. So it's like just you yes. nurture them. And I know we've got three questions left before we wrap up. Um so I do want to ask you three more things. What do you find it has been the or what is the fastest path to success with the recurring revenue model?
1: The fastest path to success with the recurring revenue model. Um mm-hmm. I I can honestly say just what we were just talking about taking Definitely. care of your taking care of your 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 people. Yeah. So if someone comes in and I mean just imagine it we all buy from people that make us feel fantastic, right? Mm-hmm. We buy out of different emotions or different aspirations, right? That's typically mm-hmm. why people buy something. They're either inspired to do something or they're aspiring to learn something or do something. Mm-hmm. And so if someone entrusts you with their, their, their money and you wow them and you, you really make their experience fantastic, guess what? They're telling everybody else about it. And that's how I grew my business in the first four years. I did not place one single advertisement in the first four years of my business. I grew on word of mouth Mm -hmm. because I considered it to be me extending an invitation to them to come into my home, right? Mm-hmm. And I just had created this different environment as a home, right? But I considered it an invitation and, and the, I took it very seriously. And, and I wanted them to feel like I was a friend and I was solving their problem and they could come to me and they could... So they talked about it everywhere. And so mm-hmm. I grew by referral um, in, the first, in the first few years of my business. And I, I hit seven figures purely based on referral. Mm -hmm. So I think that to grow your business fast, you have to wow people and take care of them so that they will talk about you everywhere. That is to me, the fastest way that you can do it. What you don't want to do is spend all your time and energy and money on simple acquisition where they churn and burn, right? Where Mm -hmm. you get them in, they buy something from you. You don't take care of them. They never come back and they don't talk about you that's because like it's like yeah, I mean it's like the worst <laughs> you're just throwing
0: money at all and you know I talk often about human to human marketing the experience and interaction one faces with a particular brand and it is so important that you're having those experiences in the interaction most businesses do one or the other but it's imperative that you can't just be b2b or b2c anymore those experiences interactions is what differentiates you from everyone else now we could talk for hours in regards to passive income streams, membership subscription models, et cetera. But for those people, this is my friend, your zona genius. For those people who are like, damn, I need a little bit of Melissa in my life to help me with this. Where can they find you?
1: Oh my gosh. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm usually at huh? <laughs> Um And so we, uh, whatever I'm up to is usually on that page. Mm-hmm. Um, and um I also, I do these, so I, you know, I'm, I'm crazy and I like to get results and I think you're the same way. Like you, you measure your success based on the results that other people get. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's how I do it because we, we like to inspire and help other people. So um, I run intensives that are these like eight week intensives where it's like, in eight weeks, we build out like the entire membership and subscription and starting with, um, like the offer and like doing every single step of it. So, Mm -hmm. um, if anyone's like thinking, oh my gosh, like I need, I want to do this quickly. I want to accelerate and I want to get it done. Then I'm definitely your person. And you can just visit me at melissalance.com. And um, if you have any questions about membership or you have anything, I'm, I'm pretty accessible. And um, you can drop me a line through uh, my website and I respond to everything that
0: I get. Yay, dude, super exciting. And again, if you're ready to bring on that passive income reoccurring models for 2021, I would strongly encourage you to check out Melissa. She's a wealth of knowledge and just an amazing human. So thanks so much for being on today. I appreciate that. And for the rest of you, just remember that my team and I will also be putting together the show notes for this episode at angelahenderson.com.au. Thanks again, Melissa, for being on today. I know it's a Sunday at time of recording, so I appreciate that. And for the rest of you, have a fabulous day no matter where you are in the world. And I look forward to you joining me again next week for another amazing episode of the Business and Life Conversations Podcast. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Business and Life Conversations Podcast with Angela Henderson. www.angelahenderson.com.au